I'm Kaylee Arrett, and you're listening to episode 17 of Me When I'm Free. Who is this me when I'm free? And why does it even matter? This is the question that has spurred me on for years now. It's led me down some dark roads of healing and up joyful mountains of calling. And to this moment, right now, still on the journey and inviting you to join me. If it really is true that the glory of God is man or woman fully alive, then it would appear that God would want this even more than we do. But why? Why is this important to him? Doesn't he have more important things to attend to than whether or not we know ourselves and what we have to bring to the world? These are some of the questions I want us to explore together each week through a simple story, a few moments of reflection, and space to pray. Join me, friend. The year was 2015. I was attempting to fill our summer days with good educational fun by spending a morning at the library with my boys. It all was going according to plan until it was time to leave. At the time, my three-year-old had recently discovered the thrill of fierce independence which resulted in several minutes of a high-speed chase through the library with me attempting to bribe him with a piece of gum to leave. I don't remember exactly how it all ended, but not well. It was neither one of our finer moments. Later that day, as I was putting him down for his nap, I told him I loved him but I wanted him to work on listening and obeying. He seemed genuinely sad, and as I was getting ready to leave the room, he said, Mommy, my heart sometimes makes me fighting with you. Stunned, I asked him what he meant, but he said it was hard for him to say. I asked, Do you mean that sometimes your heart doesn't want you to do the right thing? Yes, he said. Do you think that Jesus can help your heart with that? Yes, he replied. But right now, it's going crazy. A little teary-eyed and amazed, I assured him that Jesus loved his heart and he would help him. As I left, I prayed he would help his mama's heart, too. I've thought of this conversation often since that day. It's as if my son had studied up on Paul's reflections in Romans 7 about not doing the good that I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. At just three years old, he recognized the tension that most of us experience all of our lives. Our hearts just don't want us to do the right thing. 
So the question becomes, how do we grow even when our heart is going crazy? How do we become the kind of person that God can set free in his universe? In episode 16, I referenced the idea of spiritual disciplines, which Dallas Willard describes as something we can do that enables us to do what we haven't yet been able to do by our own direct effort. I spoke of how this kind of training gives us the capacity that we need to act when the time comes. But you may be wondering, what is the point? Aren't these things called spiritual discipline simply another attempt at doing the right thing that my heart will just fight anyway, like my three-year-old's little heart? And yes, the answer is yes, we will fail. So how then do we grow into maturity, living freely and fully if our very own heart and willpower are resisting us? To quote Dallas Willard one more time, the process of growth into emotional and spiritual maturity requires that we learn to use our will. And yet willpower is not the key to spiritual maturity. If we make it the key, we will wind up in hopelessly bound legalism. Meanwhile, if we mistake our will as the key to maturity, we will also see a constant stream of failure. So if we can't rely on our own willpower to change us, what else is there? To answer my own question, I turn to the wonders of modern brain science, which in the past few decades or so has allowed us to understand human motivation and God's design for our brains more clearly. Dr. Jim Wilder, who identifies himself as a neurotheologian, writes in his book, Renovated, neuroscience tells us that the brain functions around attachment, not will. If you recall, we touched on attachment love in episode 13 when we explored the idea that our identity is fundamentally relational. Therefore, we can't live fully into who we are meant to be without learning to attach to others in a healthy, loving way. Dr. Wilder goes on to write, we are transformed by who we love more than what we believe. We should neglect neither, but make attachment love our priority. The means and mechanisms for developing a Christ-like identity in a human brain are tied at every level to the need for loving attachment. There's honestly so much more to unpack about this idea of attachment being what changes us. It lays the groundwork for much more that I want to explore together. But for now, simply consider this. What if spiritual disciplines aren't what transform us, but rather are simply the practices that open our hearts to the one who does. And what if we are already accepted in the beloved before he ever acts to change us? That little boy is no longer taking me on wild goose chases through the library. Thank goodness. 
But earlier this week, he had a moment of struggle with someone. When I asked him about it later, he told me he didn't want to talk about it because God had helped him to move on and let it go. Did you ask God to help you? I asked. Yes, he nodded. Take it from my son, friend. Jesus loves your heart, and he will help you. And so today, I leave you with these questions and some space to reflect. If it's helpful, I invite you to grab a journal to jot these thoughts down and ponder them throughout the week. Question one. Consider for a moment a few of the more commonly known spiritual disciplines. Prayer, scripture reading, worship, journaling, fasting, giving, serving those in need. What stirs in you as I read that list? Do you feel drawn to these practices or resistant? Simply notice as you reflect on them. And question two, Henry Nouwen said, in the spiritual life, the word discipline means the effort to create some space in which God can act. As you consider these practices, could I invite you to ask Jesus right now in this moment, in what way he would like to act? Then, would you take a moment to reflect with me and maybe even journal Romans 7, 24 and 25? I'm reading them from the message translation. Paul is continuing his reflections on his struggle to do good. And he says, I've tried everything and nothing helps. I'm at the end of my rope. Is there no one who can do anything for me? Isn't that the real question? The answer, thank God is that Jesus Christ can and does. He acted to set things right in this life of contradictions. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, sometimes our heart does not want us to do the right thing. We get angry, lash out, seek revenge, harbor unforgiveness, condemn instead of bless. We admit that we are powerless to change ourselves. Could you show us what practices might open our hearts to give you space to act, to transform us? Thank you that you want to act on our behalf. It's in your strong name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of Me When I'm Free. I hope you'll continue to join me on this journey toward wholeness. I'd love a traveling companion. My hope is that you'll see yourself in these stories that I share here. And if nothing else, you'll feel less alone. If you'd like to connect throughout the week, you can find me at Kaylee Errett on Facebook and Instagram or at KayleeArrett.com. 
And if you haven't yet, I'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast and I'd be delighted if you left a review. Thanks for listening, friend. Let's meet back here next week.